Welcome to our listeners and thank you for your great feedback to our first two episodes of Can You See What I Can See? Vicki Scott here and today my co-host Grace Hart and I want to talk about something that's becoming more and more common today, grandparents raising grandchildren. Yeah. And it isn't just actually happening in Australia, Grace, it seems to be a global phenomenon. Well, what do you think, Grace? I can see a world where grandparents are, are a big part of raising their grandkids, but it's done from a place of it takes a village to raise a child and not so much from a place of where raising grandkids is being done from necessity and where sometimes resentment sets in. What do you see? Yeah, I can I can see that too. I'm really curious. Um, show me more. Tell me more about what you see. But yeah, I can definitely, I, I can see that too. Oh, well, I guess now that I am a grandparent of four lovely kids, um, and I just love, you know, having that opportunity to get to know them through their visits to us or us to them. And I love to see their parents grow into that parental role so beautifully. Uh, but I didn't know until I found out the other day that the, well, the Raising Children Network website says that uh, more than 22,000 families in Australia are made up of grandparents actually raising their grandparent, uh, grandkids full time, or at least a lot of the time. And it's usually as a result of a family crisis of some kind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with COVID and so many changes, or it could be there's mental health issues or addictive issues. And, you know, these grandparents are kind of thrown in the deep end. And it's so easy to function from that. I have to, that I have no choice, um, etc. So, but firstly, I just want to acknowledge something. You mentioned you have four grandkids and because I know you, I know that one of those kids is what I call an extra grandkid. You know, when I was, um, when I had quote unquote stepchildren I hated that word and I thought you know what I'm never going to call that I'm going to call them my extra children and um, and when I referred to the other party I referred to for example the step mum I referred to her as the extra mum and I just it just changed the energy so beautifully because it's an honoring it's like there's there's this gift that comes in um, when when you know, families are extended, so to speak, and and that's that's a different that's a whole different conversation of what I can see because you know I think a lot of people don't see it that way. Um, wow! But I just want Which to acknowledge means, you do have oh, four. Thank you. You do have four do. grandkids. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and it is it is a choice that we make as to how we want what energy do we want to have around them and and helping them feel as much part of our family as we want them to and yeah so. Um, but with the things, the situation about grandparents, it came to me the other day when I was with another friend and she was having to go off and pick up her grandkids to go to school and because of some trauma in the family. And it really um, brought, made it real for me about, wow, because she was copping some flack from others that said you shouldn't be doing as much as you're doing. So I love what you said about um, about choice. Yeah, but you, you don't mean choice necessarily in whether you do it or you don't do it. It's that thing around who you be when you do it. Is yeah. that what you say yeah. some more about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's so easy to go into, uh, you know, th- the right thing to do, uh, you know, or there's no choice or I'm the grandmother, there's no one else or there's no facilities or, you know, we can't afford anything else and – and what I'm saying is there's always choice. Even if you don't feel that there's choice, there's always choice. And 
When you, you know, we spoke about in the last couple of podcasts um, coming from the centre of your flower and, you know, I know this um, situation where there was this lady that her son was um, involved in this court case and it was quite horrific what was happening. And so the right thing to do was for her as a, a mum and, and a grandmum um, to actually be there for him and turn up to court with him and turn up to mediation and turn up to, you know, the mentions and the hearings. However, because she is in my life, she said to me, you know, I'm feeling like I have to and I want to change that. And I loved that. I loved that she was open to a different possibility. And when I actually asked her some questions, the first thing I asked her was, is it actually going to generate and create for you to be involved in this way? And she's like, oh my gosh, I never thought to ask that. And wow, you know, what I'm actually getting is no. And so she was in the center of the flower and she, it took courage. And she actually said to the son, I'm choosing not to attend court with you or, you know, go to the legal things with you. And the son was devastated, you know. He was just saying, but mom, you know, I really need you. And she said, you know what, I know that and just know that I'm with you. But I've just got this gut feeling. And, you know, Vic, we talked about you and your amazing gut, um, how you just know things. And this woman just said, I, I just have this gut feeling that I, I, I'm not meant to do this. And just can you trust me? And so he was wounded, but he, he knew greater. You know, he's, he, he knows his mom. And anyway, cut a long story short, um, the very first day that he went into the courts, he's sitting by himself. And this lady comes up to him and says, hey, I just noticed you're sitting by yourself and what's, you know, where are you at? And anyway, what ended up happening is she introduced something to him that he had no idea it was an existence. It was a service. And that service allowed him to um, not have to give it evidence at all. There was just some some bit of information that he was missing. He did, had no idea about his rights. And he actually said to this lady, I'm just curious, if I was sitting here with a friend or a family member, would you have come up? And she said, no, I wouldn't have. And this is where, you know, we can think we should do something. I must. You know, I'm a good mum. A bad mum wouldn't, you know, I'll be a bad mum if I don't be there this way for my child or my grandchild. And what I'm saying is what if there's a greater viewpoint that your gut knows, but maybe you mm. don't, you know? Mm. Yeah, you talk about um, being in a cupboard, I've heard you say. Can yeah. you say some more about that? Yeah. So, you know, I give the example of when, imagine that you're in a tiny cupboard and it's closed, and so your reality is just what you can see, only what's inside the cupboard. And what if there was a person outside that said, hey, uh, you're actually in a, in a big room? And this person says, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I can't see a big room. And so what I'm saying is, you know, can you see what I see as an invitation to maybe you're in a cupboard and you don't realise it. And then, you know, you can take it further. The person in the room might think they can only see what's in the room and there's another person that goes, actually, you're in a house. And then there could be another person that goes, well, actually, you're in the middle of a forest, you know, in a, in a state in Australia. Or, you know, it's – and so it's this willingness and the gut has this, you know, vantage point um, that is so vast and so great that it knows, it knew that that person needed mm. to be alone so it could get, you know, he could get that opportunity and then not be involved in the way that was causing him stress. The gut knew that. Mm. But, you know, when you're in the cupboard saying, Mum, I need your help and you're, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong to not help me, that's that cupboard, cupboard viewpoint, you know. So he, so he was brave enough to go, even though I don't like it, I trust you. And the mum, yeah. oh, my gosh, the mum got so much judgment how can you not care for your child and, you know, and it, it takes bravery to see a different reality, doesn't it? 
Oh, wow. Well, I think that's what actually influences a lot of the decisions we make in this world as it is today because we are concerned about what others will think and how we will be perceived by others as maybe being not caring or not um, loving enough or not supportive enough or yeah. but but in other ways we're our own worst enemy where we have a point of view that it's almost a righteousness that we have around we're going to prove that our point of view is more right than somebody else's Absolutely. You've, you've, you've brought up two things. And, you know, for me, judgment is the number one disease, the number one killer on the planet. And um, if we got out of that, you know, we'd be a much happier planet and people. And you also talked about that righteousness. And, and what I'm really passionate about is, okay, let's, let's use that. Okay, what if there's someone that's right and someone that's wrong? Or maybe they're both right. And I love to use the example of um, imagine holding up a piece of paper in front of you and the side that I can see is white and the side, the other side is black. And if I held it up to you, Vic, and I said, hey, what colour do you see? You'd say black. And I'd say, no, you're wrong. It's white. And so this is the thing. If, we're, if we get caught up in this argument, that's really, what is it going to generate and create to argue this? Wouldn't it actually be, some, what if we actually looked at what is it going to generate and create? What is it that we can choose? And, you know, this lady was willing to ask that question. What would it create if I attended all these legal things with my son? And she got the awareness it wouldn't generate and create. And yes, it takes bravery. And, you know, I think that every time we go into any form of, you know, reason and justification or righteousness or superiority, we're not, we're functioning from that tiny little cupboard. And, um, you know, we're, in, we're not in the centre of the flower. We're, we're behaving from the petals. And, you know, we talked about that, that in other podcasts, that when you're being you, you know, that's the most mm. delicious, beautiful, generative thing you can be when you're you and you're aware of all the, the good, the bad and the ugly about you. You know, they're the petals. Um, but you're actually mm. functioning from, from that gut that you have so beautiful. You know, like, gosh, you, your, your gut is, is this superpower that I love and I trust, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that expression that, you know, we can just think we're positive people but really if – uh, we don't if we're not willing to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly in every situation, then we're actually shutting out a lot of our own um, awareness, really. We, and we yeah. make choices from that place of being willing to see the whole rather than um, some just a part of it. Yeah, you know, we start to live from conclusion. Um, you know, the right thing to do is this. Um, a good mother does that or a good grandparent should should not do this or do this. Um, and, you know, the thing that's beautiful is if you can actually change the narrative and say, okay, there's something up here. What is this? And what can I choose? If I'm the chooser of my reality, what can I choose? And, you know, a lot of people think that life happens to them, but it's happening for them and there's a co-creation there. And so you, there, there, there are no musts and shoulds and haves. That's, that's all when you're functioning from the pedal. And um, as I said, it does take bravery, but the outcome is always so much grander. There's so much more, you know, there's so much um, elegance to the universe if we are willing to um, be, you know, come from our beingness. You know, I remember you talking about um, beautiful Wendy and actually share that story. Ah. Oh, Oh, yes. Uh, Wendy Wattigo, she, um, she and I, Wendy and I co-founded yeah. the STARS Institute of Learning and Leadership and she's a Kwandamuka woman from um, Minjirabar, Stradbroke Island. Uh, we were going into an Aboriginal community to do a program 
and the relationship between the police and the community had never really been good, but it was an even bigger rift had developed because a couple of years before that, an Aboriginal man had died in custody and the matter was still not resolved. And I said to Wendy, you know, I don't really know how to introduce myself. Should I say that I'm the mother of a police officer who actually worked on Palm Island? And... Um, I, I, and Wendy said to me, um, Vic, it doesn't matter what you say, it's who you be when you say it. So it really hit home to me about, oh, wow, if I'm in the centre of my flower, then it's going to impact the words that come out of my mouth, really. Yeah, impact the <laughs> impact the universe. You know, I'm that sort of person that believes that when you speak from that authenticity, when you speak from your beingness, it's delicious and it's so generative and there's, it always creates greater. Even if what you do or choose, you know, people can go into judgment of or have a hard time with, there is still that, you know, that vantage point. There is still that greater that, um, you know, in hindsight they'll probably get to, uh, maybe not this lifetime. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I really want to acknowledge you asked. And, and that's the thing, you know, when you're in a petal, you don't tend to ask. But when you're in your beingness, you recognise there, there, there was that beauty in you that said, hey, you know, they've gone through some hardship um, with this loss of, of life. And they've also gone through, you know, generations of hardship. And, you know, I'm this, I'm a white lady. And so w- with that, how can I be, you know, and there's, there's such beauty and kindness and caring in that ask. Um, it's that recognition of they they require something. What can I be for them? And ultimately, you know, any product you create or any service you give or any talk you give, it's never about you. It should never be about you. It should always be about you know creating something greater. And sure, you know, you can't affect every single person you speak to. However, there's there's um, a percentage of people that are willing to um, acknowledge I'm in a cupboard um, and. There could, there could just be someone that knows something that I can't see. And, and you know what? I'm really excited about that. And at the end of the day, you know, using that example, you know, they're in a cupboard and they hear this voice from the ether saying, you know, yes, you're in a cupboard, but there's this whole room out here, you know. Um, you have a choice on what's going to generate and create for you. And sometimes the kindness is for you to stay in the cupboard. And this is what we don't understand. You know, when we see a possibility that somebody could choose that would alleviate you know, their financial problem or their health problem or their relationship problem. And from our bigger vantage point, we're like, hey, come on, like come out of the cupboard. And um, But it might be that that, you know, that person requires to be in that cupboard just that little bit longer. Um, you know, there's, there's, an, there's an ease to things. There's a, there's a time and space for things. And we, we can only see what we know. And, you know, you've got to trust the awareness of other people. And th- to me, that's the kindest thing, to actually encourage people to know what they know, to encourage people to... Um, follow their own awareness and, um, you know, any questions you can ask to, and a great question is, you know, are you in a cupboard right now? You know, I've got, a, I've got my dolphins around me, my friends around me, I call them dolphins. And, you know, sometimes I can't see something and they're like, hey, Grace, are you in a cupboard right now? And, I'm, and I'll just start laughing. I'm like, oh my God, yes, I can feel the energy. There's a cupboard. There's these, these um, constraints, you know, and if you're willing to, that's what I'm passionate about, energies. And, uh, you know, if you're willing to ask a question, you'll start to perceive the energy. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can feel the conclusion around me. I can feel the walls around me. Okay, do I want to keep functioning that way? Is it actually going to generate and create? 
hell no, you know, <laughs> so mm. what can I choose? And going back to, you know, our topic, a lot of parents, they feel like they've been put in the cupboard. You know, I, I know of a lady who is looking after uh, twins um, and has for a very long time uh, due to the parents um, being alcoholics. And she felt like she was shoved in a cupboard. She was really expansive and happy. And all of a sudden now she's back to being a mum again of, of two very, very young kids and doing the, you know, the preschool run and the, all this sort of stuff. And she's like, what is happening? Like, I've got no choice. And these kids will be taken from us if I don't step up. And I don't want to step up. But at the same time, I have to step up. And that's that judgment that we talk about. And, um, and so I said to her, I said, okay, you know, it sounds like you're functioning from a bit of necessity and no choice universe. Would you like to change that? And, and she was ready for some change. She was willing to sort of you know, just peek open the cupboard door just a little, not fly it open. <laughs> you know, mm. she was sort of stuck in that on, on a pedal thinking everything's terrible and uh, now my life's been ruined because I, I was looking forward to this, you know, travelling around Australia and everything, you know, having my life back. Yeah. And, and uh, anyway, we, we asked questions and what she got to was, oh, my goodness, my grandkids are actually choosing some wisdom from me that they wouldn't have gotten if they were raised by their parents. And all of a sudden, there was this lightness in her world. And she, she's, okay, so do I choose that? Am I choosing to give them that wisdom, that library that they didn't have access to unless, you know, they come live here? And there was just this beauty. And all of a sudden, she was glowing and that kind of stuckness and, and no-choice universe and made to just disappeared. It just melted. And, um, you know, and she, so she did look after them. Um, she still has a lot of, a lot of access with them. Um, so this is where, you know, we've got to be willing and, you know, I know that you've talked about your your beautiful friends and it's so easy to come from the conclusion on, oh, I love my grandkids. I love spending time with them. Oh, yeah, it'd be totally fine to look after them or take them to school or whatever. Well, what I'm inviting you to is maybe ask, Is even though you would love to, even though it'd be a good time, even though, it, you know, of course it would be a contribution to you both, is that what is required? And if it is, great. But if it's not, you know, be willing and brave to say, I'm actually stepping back here. You know, I heard of a, a grandparent that um, with all the COVID stuff that was kind of going, okay, maybe we should, you know, build um, an extension or maybe we should do this or do that. And, and it's, it's great to ask these questions, but you've really got to get to what's going to create greater for you. Mm. Wow. That's a hard one, isn't it? When, you know, people of my generation, we've just been um, indoctrinated, I suppose, that that's your job. You just do what you need to do. And without asking those other, those better questions or being willing to get out of the cupboard, I guess, which, and, you know, that's one of the reasons I was really happy to do this, these podcasts, because none of this language was around with for me growing up and it certainly wasn't there for my parents um, and I always wanted something different for my kids and grandkids now to say you know we do need to find a new that new library where the vocabulary is it makes it okay for us to trust you know to be in the center of the flower and that's all our job is is to come from that place um, and you talked before about the the grandparents uh, and the impact on on them and the resentment that actually comes. I'm so pleased to see the medical profession, especially Dr. Gabor Mate. He's written a book, uh, When the Body Says No, uh, The Cost of Hidden Stress. And he's 
a lot of his research over many years with his patients has found that a lot of the physical illnesses, uh, not just mental illnesses, but physical illnesses have been caused by a long-held resentment for things that people felt they had no choice in and then were forced into a situation where it's actually started to affect them physically. So I can see now that, you know, it's not just about a perception of whether other people think we're doing the right or wrong thing. It's actually, you know, impacting us in every way in our lives. Yeah, you know, it, it does take bravery to stay in the centre of the flower and especially when the majority of the planet are functioning from petals, they're functioning from that fear. You know, we talked about safety, security and support and, you know, so many people don't feel that safety, security and support to say, you know what, even though it doesn't make sense, the centre of the flower, I'm, I'm, what I'm getting is I need to do this or, or that. And, um, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, neediness and need. And, um, you know, this woman that I spoke to, she just knew um, she needed to step back and not be involved in her son's legal stuff. She just knew it, you know, and, and I'm sure the listeners there would have that moment where they knew that, um, you know, they needed to take, right. an, yeah, yeah. take an action. And, you know, I remember um, a friend of a friend, um, there was, a, you know, the tragedy of the Bali bombing and um, this lady was actually the, um, going to a, a bridal party. It was a... And that night of the bombing, um, well, it's interesting how it all happened too. It was her best friend. She was the, the maid of honour. And she said to her friend, you know, what, what do you want to do in Bali? And she said, you know what, you, can, you have total autonomy, surprise me, but the only thing I want to do is go to this particular nightclub the night before. That was the only sort of non-negotiable. She had total, you know, she could work, do whatever she wanted to do. And, of course, she's walking in, the, the, the bridal party's walking in, and she, this lady said, it was the weirdest feeling. It was like there was no oxygen and everything slowed down and became sticky. And mm. she was the, the last person to step in. Everyone else was sort of ahead of her. And she took a step in and it got and just this sinking gut feeling. And she just And so all in that moment, she had all this judgment, I can't do that. You know, she, this is the one thing that my best friend asked to do. Like, if it was anything else, I could say, abort, 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 you know, reverse, reverse. Um, mm. and, and so in that moment, and she just, just went, no, I, I have to. And she said to her, the friend, she said, hang on a second. She said, I've just got a really weird feeling. Um, and it's so strong that I'm willing to step, step away. So if you want to go ahead, go ahead. But please, every part of me is saying we need to not be here right now. Now, these people were very normal people. They weren't psychic or into sort of anything metaphysical. Um, there were a bunch of lawyers, actually. <laughs> and um, not, no, no criticism to lawyers. I'm sure there's, there's intuitive lawyers out there. I just realised it's probably not a nice thing to say to lawyers. <laughs> they get a bad rap. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so they, they did choose to, to walk away and they got to the end of the street, round the corner, and the explosion went off. Mm. And so this is where, if we're willing... You see, in that mm-hmm. moment, the the bridal, the you know, the bride to be, uh, um, could have turned around and yeah. gone, "How could you? This is the only thing I wanted to." And and you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to stand mm-hmm. your ground and say, "I see something different. I see something mm-hmm. greater here." And you know that, oh, wow. that that's what it takes for us. And it's not fun sometimes um, being being no. that. Yeah. No, you're right, Grace. Um, and it it just reminds me about, you know, for the next week, maybe some home play we could do is that um, just notice the our own choices that we're making. Um, 
and how you feel about it. So if somebody asks you to do something, then when you do, when you do it, how do you feel? Are you doing it because it feels light or because you think it's um, you have to. You, know, mm-hmm. you have to, yes, exactly. Or there's no one else or it's expected or if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And, and just notice the difference in how you feel. Maybe listen to your gut and just um, take a second just to notice how your body feels when you say yes in a moment when you really want to say no. Mm. So... Um, that's my suggestion. Think, what do, what think, do you think? Uh, no, I think you've nailed it. <laughs> I think that's oh, brilliant. And <laughs> yeah, it's it is like just pay attention, guys. Pay attention to you know what's going on, and if you can, the subtleties energetically. You know, when you're saying yes or no to something, as Vic said, is there a lightness? Is there this spaciousness, or do you feel contracted? Um, and if you're going into the you know should I, shouldn't I? Chances are you're on a pedal. Come back to that center of your flower. And, um, and ask, you know, what will it create if I actually do this or say this or take this action? Um, look at your life from a, from a generative, creative point of view versus, um, as Vic said so beautifully, yeah, I must, I have to, this is the right thing to do. Let's, let's stop that narrative and let's start to look at creating a whole new world together. And that's what I see, Vic. <laughs> oh, I love that. And uh, Well, Grace and I look forward to hearing what you can see that we can't see yeah. and it will create greater in your world. Absolutely. So bye, guys, and we'll catch you next week. And of course, do let us know um, what you would like us to talk about, any topics, and also share with us anything, any aha moments that you've had due to listening to our podcast. And maybe you got out of the cupboard or got out of the house, um, or maybe you assisted someone else too. All right. Have a beautiful week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.